Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Liz Cheney is out. I mean, it's it's formality at this moment. That went quick. You know, it's Anchorman. Boy, that escalated quickly. That really got out of hand fast. But it is. It's gone. Meanwhile, the person they want to replace her, Elise Stefanik, she got suspended by Twitter briefly. Oh, that algorithm. We're going to dig in to why it is Liz Cheney is out. Uh, Congressman Larry Bichon is scheduled uh, to be with us. Me, I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. Is this a story that even moves you? Right? Are, are you paying attention to this and you're like, yeah, get rid of Liz Cheney? Or why are you getting rid of Liz Cheney? Or, dear Lord, it makes the Republican Party look bad. I mean, that's always what the Democratic Party says. It's one of these stories I don't even know so much people are paying attention to. That's why I want to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Let's go over why this is happening. This is happening because Liz Cheney, the representative from Wyoming, voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. And if you're asking me, well, why is this happening now? I mean, wasn't this wasn't this a conversation a couple months back and uh, and she was still voted into leadership? Yes, that did happen. So is it a question of Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, saying, okay, now's the time. Andy Biggs is the congressman from Arizona, Republican, and he went on to Fox and he explained it this way. What changed is that we actually had the the whip count to remove her in February, but Kevin McCarthy said he basically put all his chips in the center of the table, said no, he wanted to try to work with her further, so we lost votes. So she had enough to stay in. What changed more, though, is that she continued her tirade against uh, uh, President Trump and those who support President Trump. And she's doing it from a position as the conference chair. The problem with that is no one cares if she believes that and if she wants to do that if she's not the conference chair so she wasn't representing the most and now Kevin's had enough and and that changes it because McCarthy is now with us uh, to remove her and so there'll be enough votes to remove her next week now that is as I see it a logical statement she's the conference chair top of leadership and you can't have the top of leadership playing that aggressively against the entirety of the Republican caucus and speaking poorly about a guy who was wildly popular for Republicans now it's funny you have Noah Rothman over a commentary magazine saying Republicans are going to follow a guy who lost to Joe Biden, who got impeached twice, who lost the Senate for Republicans. This is the guy they're going to follow? Right? You could write out a list of things and be like, that's not something you follow. Except I don't think that no one, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it. And many of these people understand still what the whole Trump conversation is all about. It, it, It is amazing how lost they are on the subject. This is about 75 million voters 
looking at the Democratic Party and their allies and media and saying, you're full of crap. I mean, you are. If Liz Cheney wants to say that conversations about the election irregularities is the big lie, she can. Although anybody uses the term the big lie is despicable, including Liz Cheney and anybody else, Democrat or Republican. The big lie to me is one of those conversations regarding uh, Nazis and the Holocaust, and we don't use it here. But people just can't stop themselves from engaging in garbage. The big lie is that Pennsylvania was on the up and up. The, le- the legislature was usurped by the judicial. The judicial changed the rules when they're not allowed to, and for whatever reason, that state certified the vote. No, I don't believe Mike Pence was in any position to be able to send that back. But if you think Pennsylvania's on the up and up, there's something wrong with you, baby. I shouldn't say you. Them. There's something wrong with Liz Cheney. I would tell it to Liz Cheney nose to nose and her father, even if he had the shotgun in his hand. I wouldn't go hunting with the man, but I'd tell him. If you think Pennsylvania's on the up and up, you're out of your head. Pennsylvania's not on the up and up. And the people who are discussing problems with the election in 2020 are right. Is that so hard to say? I can also say that Donald Trump did himself no favors in the run-up to the election. The Republican Party absolutely got outlawed in June and July and August of 2020 when all of these election changes were happening and the idea of mail-in ballots and everything else. Why do you think they called Georgia racist? They called Georgia racist because they don't want anybody trying to make the voting laws better. And when I say better, I mean tougher. Why should voting laws be tougher? Well, if you tell me that having an ID makes it tougher, then yeah, I want them tougher. If you tell me you're not allowed to pass out bottles of water because that makes it, and, and that makes it tougher, then yeah, I want it tougher. I want grown-ups who are 18 years of age or older to bring their own damn water with them if they have to stand online to vote. I'm not interested. I don't care if they pass out. Just step right over them. What happened to him? He didn't come prepared to vote. Huh? Kitty. Well, here, I have a bottle of water. I can give him my bottle of water. No, you cannot. There's water over there. He could have walked nine feet. He didn't walk the nine feet. Now he sits on the floor. Step over him. Oh, Tony, you're so cold. No, I've just had it with nonsense. I'm not going to put up with these people. This idea that the Georgia voting laws are now akin to Jim Crow laws. You know who disagrees with that? Former Obama advisor David Axelrod, as you'll hear. That's going on. Just on the Georgia thing, you know, one of the things that struck, I I don't disagree with you that some of the things have been, you know, it's not the new Jim Crow, but it's clearly designed. It's not designed to uh, ensure that the largest number of people participate. You're right, David Axelrod. First, it's not the new Jim Crow. Thank you so much. And secondly, no voting laws should be about the greatest number of people participating. It should be about the greatest number of citizens engaging their right to vote. And ensuring that we know that they are indeed citizens. Anything else is saying you're okay with fraud. Do you see how easy this conversation is, guys? 
when people like Stacey Abrams or whoever else wants to scream and yell about bigotry, Alyssa Milano is going to complain. Alyssa Milano's a nobody. Well, that's what she thinks of the rest of us. The rest of us who actually want to ensure that the vote is legit, nobody. Just bigots, just hateful. She's a know-nothing who parrots the talking points, and for whatever reason, the actress gets an audience. But she isn't in favor of ensuring a, 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 a secure vote. She's not in favor of such a thing. By her own actions, by her own statements, her and a whole host of others. I can't notice that they're lying about voting laws. They're lying about voting laws. I can't notice that there were lies told about the election. I'm going to notice there were lies about the election. I can't notice the irregularities. There were irregularities. And there were issues in Georgia. And there were issues in Michigan. There were issues in Arizona as well. I can't notice. Liz Cheney's out of her holy damn mind. She's the only one standing up and will speak truth to power. I would agree that there are people out there who won't speak truth to power. But Liz Cheney is not speaking the truth. If she said she thinks Donald Trump handled himself in abysmal fashion and cost uh, Republicans two seats in the Senate, I think that's an opinion and she's fine to say it. And she may have some backup. Trump's argument is that Mitch McConnell didn't fight hard enough because you should have immediately said, hey, $2,000 for every American, and you would have gotten the Republican votes. Some people could say, wait, you're going to buy off the vote? Whoa, 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 whoa. The 2000 is going to come whether you like it or not. It might as well be us making the idea. It might as well be us floating it. That's Trumpism at play. The first rule of Trumpism is that Trump wins. The second rule of Trumpism is that a deal can always be made as long as it adheres to the first rule of Trumpism. He fights. The thing that people are attracted to, Representative Cheney, is that he fights. And some Republicans have learned that lesson very, 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 very well. I think Ron DeSantis is one of them. And some people still think you got to be sweet and take your punches and, and, and pretend to stand on principle. And Representative Cheney, and to some respects, that's you. I know that's you because you voted for impeachment. Representative Cheney, you didn't have it. You damn well know it. You didn't have it and you damn well know it. Donald Trump did not incite or lead to an insurrection. You can argue that when people say things like fight like hell and remember this day, that those can be seen as, all right, let's bring down the temperature. But that happens everywhere, all the time, since January 6th. You don't have it, Liz Cheney. And so maybe there's a good argument to be made on this leadership conversation that you don't belong. But... Uh, John Roberts, Fox, asks Andy Biggs a question. She's had a very public back and forth with President Trump over this idea of the big lie. President Trump calls the 2020 election the big lie. Liz Cheney says this idea that the election is stolen is the big lie. Uh, By ousting her, is the GOP conference endorsing President Trump's view of the 2020 election? Uh, By ousting her, what we're saying is we are repudiating your repudiation of the Trump policies and the Trump agenda. Let's take a step back now. 
if you believe that the problem with Liz Cheney is that she isn't in favor of the Trump agenda, well, then that's no reason to get rid of her. Because we're not in the Trump agenda. And the Trump agenda would lead one to believe that we are truly in the cult of personality. I am not one of those guys. Maybe that's why I'm not on 500 radio stations across the country. I want to take what we can learn from Donald Trump. I have no interest in idolatry. What the hell are you talking about, Representative Biggs? What Trump has to teach is very, very important. This idea of fighting, this idea of pushing back, this idea of not taking hit after hit after hit and being a good little Republican and making sure you look good in your suit and hope you get invited to the party one day for Christmas. Completely and totally wrong-headed is that concept. Something that Republicans like Mitt Romney do all the time. The Jeb Bushing of the Republican Party. By the way, I did hear a rumor. And that rumor is that Jeb Bush is running in 2024. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine Jeb? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I said it wrong. Jeb, with the exclamation point, of course, thinking that there's a, uh, that he's a part of this Republican Party. And yes, it's a different Republican Party. Good. Good that it's a different Republican Party. A Republican Party that actually fights back? A Republican Party that understands that you have to win in order to be able to win? Should I be the only one noticing that the Republicans didn't get enough done with Donald Trump in office? They didn't get enough done. They talked about a lot of stuff, but they didn't get enough done. I'm not interested in cult of personality. I'm not interested in idolatry. I'm interested in winning. I'm interested in a life that allows me to live to my maximum and keeps government out of my way. I don't care if it's the Trump agenda. And by the way, I would bet you dollars to donuts, neither do you. But there's no sense in hating the man because it's ridiculous. He offered much. He was lied about plenty and he fought it all. Liz Cheney was wrong to vote uh, uh, on impeachment, wrong to impeach him. She was wrong and she will always be wrong on this subject. But if the reason you're getting rid of her is because she's not down with the Trump agenda, well, that's silly. That's silly. Well, what's really happening on the inside? That's why we are scheduled to speak with Representative Larry Bashan, and maybe we'll get the inside scoop. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. So when we laughed, last left the conversation of Democrats referring to a Republican senator, a black man, Tim Scott, as an Oreo. A guy by the name of Gary O'Connor, who is the Lamar County Democratic Party chair there in Texas, was resigning. 
Tony Katz, it's good to be with you guys. This happened. Tim Scott responds to Joe Biden, right? Gives the Republican response to Joe Biden's uh, address uh, to the joint session of Congress. And they refer to him as Uncle Tim as opposed to Uncle Tom because bigots do what bigots do. And then uh, Mr. O'Connor here refers to him as an Oreo. What's an Oreo? Black on the outside, white on the inside, right? You're not truly black. And there's this whole thing where the progressives are trying to explain, you might be uh, uh, politically uh, or you might be ethnically black, but are you really black? Meaning, if you don't believe what we believe, if you don't say what we say, if you don't do what we tell you to do, you're not really black. All of a sudden, all those things you experience means nothing. They just push it to the side. So the world comes down on O'Connor's head. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going, I, I apologize, and I resign. And he submits his resignation. But the party, they don't accept. After much discussion, especially among our local black Democrats, we chose not to accept Mr. O'Connor's resignation. Mr. O'Connor has written a public letter of apology to Senator Tim Scott, and Lamar County Democrats join him in this apology. I don't believe in cancel culture. So if they don't want to accept his resignation, they don't have to. And they want to have this joint apology, that's okay. Except it's not, is it? Because you're screaming right now. You look to the person next to you in their car, they are screaming this. Democrats would never accept this from Republicans. You're right. You're right. You win. You're right. I'm agreeing with you. I agree with you. Democrats would never accept this from Republicans, which makes it very hard to accept this right now from Democrats. Even though I am someone who doesn't believe in cancel culture and repudiates cancel culture and actually tries to live by these words day in and day out. Could you imagine... This going the other way, there would be news cameras in front of O'Connor's house. Antifa would already be there with, with uh, pitchforks. Of course they would. This is the problem. And this is what Americans are looking at saying, wait a second. I'm never going to be given a second chance. Ever. Remind me in the next hour to get into the idea of one word away. Remember that, Ari. One word away. This is very true and very real. He called a a grown man, he called a black man an Oreo and got away with it. That's the way the story goes down. The eviction moratorium is lifted. I'm Tony Katz. I promise that you'll never find another like me. I know that I'm a handful, baby. This eviction moratorium conversation is going to SCOTUS. Not even a question. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you on Tony Katz today. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the podcast, everything you need at TonyKatz.com. So here goes the story to the very best of my ability. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, as COVID was, was breaking out, said we are going to stop people from evicting those who don't pay their rent. 
people told they can't work, they're not allowed to leave the house, they can't do this, they can't do that, businesses aren't open, no money coming in, you can't evict anybody. Why? Because then where will they go and they can take COVID with them? That, amongst other things, was part of the conversation. And no, can't evict. Well, according to a federal judge, this is outside the bounds of what it is the CDC can do. So a U.S. district judge named Dabney Friedrich said, yeah, you don't have the authority to do this. The question, writes the judge in a 20-page opinion, the question for the court is a narrow one. Does the Public Health Service Act grant the CDC the legal authority to impose a nationwide eviction moratorium? It does not. The CDC order must be set aside. Now, I believe this is the right answer. Now, this is going to go to the Supreme Court because, of course, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. The Trump administration engaged in this and the Biden administration has engaged in this. The argument for people who may want to disagree with you is not about whether or not someone should have been evicted. The argument is about whether or not the CDC has the right to say you can't be evicted. Two different questions. And people who lack intellectual curiosity or decency, they will try to confuse the issue. Don't let them do it. Don't let them do it at all. The question is not, should someone be evicted? The question is, does the CDC have the right to tell anybody that you can't be evicted? And the answer is no. And this is a part of a, of a larger conversation about whether or not we remember that at all times the Constitution is in charge and not doctors. We have elected officials who are in charge, and man, the willingness they have to just give it up uh, to, to doctors. They're in, in my uh, city, Indianapolis, right? I live right outside of Indianapolis, but it's, it's, it's my city. The mayor, Joe Hogsett, a Democrat, a guy who is not capable of running a city, may I add, I mean, the murder rate, the, 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 the crime issues, the, uh, there's a homeless issue, and his answer is, well, sweep under the rug. We had the NCAA championship in Indianapolis, and literally, they moved the homeless to an area and then put basically blankets around them so no one could see them. Changed the law in the city so they could get rid of encampments. I kid you not, that's what happened in Indianapolis, and it's a great city. Oh, you should come visit. Indy's awesome. Awesome. But we've got a leadership problem. And according to uh, those who are reporting on it, as they're changing some rules here in, in Indy, quote, with all due respect to elected officials, it's indisputable that in a health crisis, it's better to have the experts in charge. We have to be humble enough to admit we're not experts, that we need to listen to experts, and I hope that the Indiana legislature will respond accordingly. If the doctor's in charge, why did we elect you? What was the point of electing you? What's the point of having elected leadership if you're going to say, oh, look, a virus. Okay, doctors, you're all in charge. Doctors are going to do doctor things. There are a whole bunch of things to consider. When, when, when you're running a city, that's why the people voted for you. And at the first set or sign of trouble, you gave up. You gave up. 
You walked away. You said, uh, Dr. Virginia Kane, who's the Marion County, uh, right? She's the health director, right? She's the, the local health person. She'll take care of it. This doctor will take care of it. I'll, I'll go sit over here, and then they'll tell me when I can come back out of exile or something. I, I mean, I, I, I have called it cowardice before, but it's just, it's, it's not leadership. With all due respect to elected officials, you mean with all due respect to the voter who voted for the elected officials. What you're saying is the voter in certain circumstances has no say. That's what you're saying. That's what the Democrat mayor of Indianapolis said. That's some stunning stuff. You know what I say? Have a steak and get it from Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. It's keyword Tony. T-O-N-Y. Put that in the search bar and you're going to see the Let's Go Grill package today. You will get... Here's here's what's in it. It's pretty cool. Uh, four uh, of the Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, four boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages. You got the scalloped potatoes, the caramel apple tartlets, their seasoning, and... When you use uh, code Tony, T-O-N-Y, enter that keyword into the search bar, 12 Omaha Steaks Burgers for free. You'll also get $20 off your first order. It's the Let's Go Grill Package over at Omaha Steaks. Uh, they're, they're, they're right there in Nebraska. Latvian immigrants coming over uh, to America in the early 1900s and starting a company? You gotta love it, and you gotta try it for yourself. The Let's Go Grill Package. Perfect way to spend this spring, this summer, this fall, all the time, and get the 12 free Omaha Steaks Burgers and $20 off at checkout when you use code Tony. That's omahasteaks.com keyword Tony so there's a good question as to what it is Republicans stand to gain and Republicans stand to lose by voting out uh, Liz Cheney from from leadership. I mean, one has to ask that question. What's the win and what's the loss? What is it that you stand to gain and what is it that can come back to hurt you? And the one group of people I don't pay attention to in this subject is what the Democrats say. Does it matter? They're going to say whatever it is they can say to create as much havoc as they can. That's what I would do if it was the other way around. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's great to be with you. When uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is clearly the leader of the Democratic Party, don't we say, oh, poor Nancy. So let's, let's make sure we're perfectly clear that it doesn't matter what Speaker Pelosi says on this subject. But what are Republicans saying on this subject, and what do they think is going to come from it? Larry Bashan joins us right now, congressman from the 8th District of Indiana. That is the southwest corner of Indiana, Evansville, uh, bordering with Illinois, bordering with uh, Kentucky, uh, joins us as we speak. Also a medical doctor, so I do have a couple of questions COVID-related for you. But, but sir, uh, taking a look at this as you are and taking a look at, at this vote that, uh, you know, is, is going to remove... Uh, Congressman uh, Cheney, is this the right move as you see it for the Republican Party? Well, I think we have to have a unified message. And so, you know, I understand where uh, Liz Cheney is coming from, from her perspective. Uh, 
she was given a second chance by the Republican conference and uh, a couple of months ago uh, with a vote at that time. But we have Tony, we have to have a consistent Republican message and you can't have leadership team. One of the members coming up and saying one thing and then the other leadership member coming up and saying another. So I think, you know, for for a unifying message and honestly, uh, for the Republican Party, Donald Trump has about a 90 percent approval rating or more still today. I I've supported all of his policies. And so I think the message going into 2022 is being muddled by this and it's a distraction. And therefore, I think that we probably should make a change. So let's talk about what this is. Of course, it's Congresswoman Liz Cheney who voted to impeach uh, then-President Donald Trump. I believe that this was a mistake. I am not someone who was sold on the idea that President Trump incited an insurrection. I think there are many things you might say about uh, during the election, uh, the lead-up to January 6th, and even after that, that you could agree or disagree with. But the idea of impeachment, I don't think it ever rose to that. I think this was a massive... uh, mistake is it that and that alone or is it the idea that somehow she's not on board with what republicans want to get done policy wise how much of this is trump specific versus more or or a greater look at policy that republicans want to see in place no i think uh, uh liz cheney is in line with the republicans on policy for the most part i think it's personal with her i think uh president trump and her father had a conflict. Uh, and so I think it's more personal. I think it's specific to President Trump. Um, Liz Cheney, I think, for the most part, is on board with what conservative Republicans believe is the right policy. But we just have to have a consistent message. We can't have two members of the leadership team um, saying different things. And honestly, what uh, Representative Cheney is saying is not in in touch with or in step with 90 percent of the Republicans that vote us into office. So I, I think it's more specifically related to President Trump. Um, and you just can't have a muddled message. You have to have consistency. And that's why I think we'll see what happens this week. But I do think after giving her a second chance to um, you know, get, in, get more in line with the party, that she's probably going to be replaced. But the muddled message is about... Donald Trump. It's about whether or not there was a problem with the election. As you see it, sir, talking to Congressman Larry Bouchon of the 8th District of Indiana, what exactly is the muddled message? Well, the muddled message is that, uh, is that um, Representative Cheney, I don't think, feels like there were substantial election issues in certain states and that that was adjudicated and decided. And I think the other Part of the message is many Republicans, including myself, know that there were substantial problems with the election. Look, I think President Biden is the legitimate president uh, based on what happened in the courts and based on uh, what happened uh, following that. But that said, I think that's the message that uh, Representative Cheney is carrying. Well, that's our process. There weren't substantial problems. So, you know, quit complaining about it. Don't try to address it. And that's just not the message that I think is coming from the Republican Party. I think you see that happening at the state level, Tony. You see states, uh, Governor DeSantis just signed into law some changes in Florida, for example. So that's the muddled message that um, that we don't need to address election security and that, um, you know, there was nothing wrong with the election and Donald Trump needs to quit uh, bringing up this issue. But I just don't think most Republicans uh, believe that. Uh, and that's that's what we uh, we have to get. Uh, consistency on.
So when you speak to your constituents, as, as you talk to other members of Congress, there is absolutely a belief that while uh, maybe uh, not uh, to a certain degrees of this election was stolen, they take a look at places and say there are some problems here that we should address. Is it is it about addressing issues or is it about theft? No, I mean, I think we need to uh, address the issues at the state level. I mean, you know, right now, Democrats in Congress are trying to get through H.R. 1. Your listeners should see what's in that. They want to federally take over the elections. And the reality is, is I think states like Georgia, Florida, others are going to address the problems that we had in the last election. The main problem was, is that people changed election law without going through the legislative process, which you can argue is not constitutional. And that's my argument. That said, uh, we need to address those at the state level. And I think states are, are doing that. Democrats want to pass H.R. 1. They want to get rid of voter ID and all kinds of other things that will, will in their mind, keep them in power for a long time. So I, I think that most Republicans and honestly, a lot of Democrats, I mean, believe that there needs to be more done with election security based on what happened in this last election. Before I let you go, sir, I know that, that you're busy, you're up against it. Uh, the CDC director, uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Walensky, said that kids who are playing soccer should be wearing a mask because a group of 10-year-olds are often huddled around the ball and breathing on each other, and they have to wear a mask while playing soccer. You are a doctor. Do kids have to wear a mask while playing soccer, in your medical opinion? No. I mean, the CDC has had very inconsistent messages, uh, honestly, even in the previous administration. And I think on a lot of the American people have lost confidence in the CDC to to put out policy that's factually based on medicine versus politics. And so I think right now that what the CDC is coming out, I mean, for example, I mean, duh, we can all go outside now without our masks on and talk to our friends and neighbors. I mean, we all kind of knew that for a long Unless time. Unless you're right? Joe so, Biden. Joe Biden still has to wear a mask outside. Yeah, a double mask, in fact, sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. So, you know, another thing is, is children are not getting COVID, uh, the disease itself. And even if they do, it's been shown that there's essentially it's no worse than getting influenza or getting other some other uh, childhood respiratory diseases for children. So I think the CDC is playing a little bit of politics and they're all they're risk averse they're afraid of the left going after them um, and they're putting out things that are not i think consistent with the medical facts congressman larry bouchon of the 8th district of indiana i appreciate you taking the time i know you got a lot to do go do your work and uh, we'll talk to you again soon uh, this whole conversation about liz cheney this is interesting Right. This whole idea of of the muddled message, because that was a little bit of of insight into what what that is all about. You can't be pushing the idea that it's wrong to note problems in the election by saying that to discuss it is, quote unquote, the big lie, which I find a despicable bit of terminology anyway. That's it, it. The big lie. That's that's very uh, 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 Goebbels and, and, and Nazi and, and Holocaust and despicable. We shouldn't be using that terminology at all. But he 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 ain't wrong, baby. If you are dis- if you want to be able to discuss the facts, and you've got a, a member of leadership saying, no, no, we don't talk about that thing. It's like when remember when f- this was a mistake from Fox. Someone brought up. 
George Soros, and then all of a sudden we don't talk about George Soros. Why, why don't we talk about George Soros? Oh, because talking about George Soros and the causes that he donates to and the work he does to get secretaries of state uh, elected, that's anti-Semitism? No. Tell them, Tony, your Jewish friend, said it's absolutely fine to talk about George Soros. What are you, nuts? Of course it is. Of course it's fine to discuss what he's doing and the problems therein. And of course it is fine to discuss what happened in the election. Of course it's fine. It's a thousand percent fine. Don't be crazy. Don't be ridiculous. Much more to get into. I'm Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio.